This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Mike Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! special episode of the Loaf Strangers podcast as I welcome the first but not the only person to become recently an LS Pop, a patron of the podcast. So a big thanks and welcome to LS Pop number one, James Jimmy Legs Leggett. Hello sir. Good evening, good evening. Thank you for having me on. The pleasure is all mine. A big thank you for becoming a patron of the pod. A a huge privilege to be number one. Um, Someone had to be. And, you know, your reward is me making you do a podcast. (laughs) Not only are you, you know, contributing to the Low Strangers, now you have to work on it. How does that make you feel? Yeah, well, I'm just waiting for the invite to the the WhatsApp group. I think we're just all going to funnel our way in there eventually. I've got to be honest with you, James, the WhatsApp group (laughs) is not as exciting as we make out quite the opposite. But um, yeah, I'll put it to the group. Maybe we should do a a, a Patreon WhatsApp group. Yeah, it'd be chaos. Oh, absolutely. Glorious chaos. (laughs) Listeners can become Patreons via www.patreon.com forward slash LSpod. You're not only supporting the upkeep of the podcast, but in the future, there will be exclusive content in the form of Q&As and hopefully some really cool bits and pieces on top of that. All my usual content remains free of charge. So at the moment, I'm releasing three episodes a week. That will not change. Nothing goes behind the paywall in terms of those episodes. The only thing that you have to deal with is a, a few more shameless plugs in the future. But for now, let's talk about Swindon Town. Um, this is a really, really easy podcast for me to do because we are of the same age in terms that we were the didn't go to the same school but we were in the same year 95 to 2000 and you have decided to do a Swindon Town 11 based 
on your secondary school <laughs> career. Um, what 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 was the reasons for this? That that was the kind of period when I really kind of fell into uh, fandom of like my my fandom of Swindon. My dad was never really a or isn't still isn't a a football fan. He'll come to the odd game, um, and we went to the a couple of games through the years, and he he took me kind of during my secondary school years and then fell in with friends that went then you had towards the end of the 90s you had um under 16s for i think it was a quid or two quid at a time um so that was quite good fun like bowling down there with mates from school but yeah this, this is when kind of swindon really kind of came into my life as it were Okay, so the 90s, I will argue, because we were children of the 90s, is the most exciting time in football history, um, because our childhood's better than anyone else's. Yeah, very much. In terms of Swindon Town, though, it's got to be up there with one of the most dramatic decades in the history of most clubs. I mean, it starts with a demotion, a Wembley win and demotion in 90, then promotion to the Premier League in 93, instant relegation another relegation a promotion years of just relentless rubbishness in championship level and then relegation right at the end of the decade and well in the early 2000s and it just I just look back and think how spoiled I was as a teenager to be bemoaning like losses to Man City yeah, it was very much the uh, the best of times and the worst of times. Um, I kind of came in, my first game, I believe, uh, was the season before the Premier League, the West Ham game. I think it was the second mm. to last home, or second to last game of the season. Uh, went with scouts, or cubs, as it were, as it was. I remember it as a 3-1 town win, but looking at... Uh, Mr. Banyard's wonderful SwindonTownFC.co.uk. Um, it appears it was a 3-1 loss. So I got the score right, at least. Who knows, maybe I was cheering for the wrong team. <laughs> it's a good team to see Swindon play as a first, though. West Ham, big club. Yeah. You know, that that's a good one. It was a noisy game, certainly. I remember that. It's with Hobble. Can he open the door? He's found Hazard. A little touch by him. Comes back again! Yes, it was 17,000 at the county ground that day. 17,000. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> oh, just, just one of, it, it's funny, I think that the lineup you saw that day, but probably A.D. Vivash playing instead of Paul Bowden, is that the majority, if we do a My 11 for anyone in the 90s, yeah, the ninety two ninety three squad is pretty much that eleven. <laughs> it's just like how many times can we uh, can we can we say you know Sean Taylor and Fraser Digby and Colin Coldwood? It's nigh on impossible. Um, yes. Maybe the, the forward line changes. Pascal um, and Mitchell don't get enough kudos in modern times. I don't think we were kind of spoilt with riches, really, striker wise, especially in the nineties. But even then, in the the the, the late two thousands, we had an absolute dirge of of decent strikers it's just mad like yeah I, I had that was the one position i had real trouble picking and i think I, I swapped out the strikers that i picked about three or four times each oh we'll, we'll discuss your choices there because i think you've uh 
I don't think he went for the right one, um, but we'll discuss that in due course. What, what's, what's kept it going? Because, you know, like I said, it's it's supporting Swindon has never been easy, <laughs> you know, especially for anyone of the 90s afterwards. I, and I've said it on this podcast many times before. I can't really understand how many young supporters who started following the club post the 2000s even bother you know, because we haven't, we've had one season here or there. I mean, that Charlie Austin, Billy Painter season was probably enough to refresh things. And then the Decanio season was enough to refresh things. But the stuff that we were treated to, like fans before us under Lou Macari, fans before that under Danny Williams and Fred Ford, and even before that with, with Bert Head, were just spoiled. And then we came in, I came in at the tail end of Ozzy Ardiles, you came in at the tail end of Glenn Hoddle, and it's just a genuinely exciting experience. And then, you know, I, think I just, maybe it's, maybe I say that because I wasn't a kid of the 2000s, I don't know, but it, it's just such a complex club to talk about Swindon Town. Yeah, we, we certainly fell off a cliff at some point, <laughs> and uh, yeah. These youngsters, I don't, yeah, like like you say, I, I I don't understand why they're still here. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I really <laughs> we need them, but but yes. it's, it is like we, we your <laughs> like your first game had Glenn Hoddle playing, and the thought that you know some people in the generation that first had Antoine van der Linden, I felt bad yeah. then saying Antoine <laughs> van der Linden like. <laughs> He's a negative, but you know what I mean. It's like it, it, it's a step down, certainly as as, as much as uh, everyone loved old Van der Linden. But yeah, it's certainly a step down. Um, I have no memory of the game, as it were. So I know I've seen these players, and I know I've seen some absolute legends play for the club. But I have no memory of that first game, which is absolutely crucial with your uh, with your secondary score eleven, and also. It's why I reevaluate my all-time eleven almost on a constant basis because your hits are there like Colin Calderwood. And I saw Colin Calderwood play plenty, but enough to really appreciate him. Yeah. In the way that, you know, you should. It's like I saw, you know, I saw Glenn Hoddle play. He's in my eleven, but should he be in my eleven or should it be the players that I had sort of more understanding of? That there are rules. My rules are different to others, but let's talk <laughs> about the 95 to 2000 period, which is a really, oh, um, it's, it's one where people our age will say, well, we won in 95, 96, and we were in the championship for all that time. But many older fans will describe that as the era where they walked away from the club for a long time. Really tricky era for Swindon Town isn't it yeah yeah there's a, a lot of guys at work I know um I always have a chat about town with and they, they pretty much maybe half of the people I speak to say oh yeah I was a town fan through the 80s and through the 90s and then after the Premier League it just kind of dropped off like you had a season ticket they had a season ticket um up to a certain point and just just kind of walked away like it was obviously as a what was it, late mid-teen to late-teen, I had absolutely no idea about the the financial gubbins and the, the what had come before and all of that kind of stuff. Just, it, it was it was just, yeah, 
going. I, I remember one game. Um, was it Blackburn? I think it was a it was a Tuesday night. I think uh, under the lights, and it was glorious. And the best bit was my best mate was a Blackburn fan, and he'd been giving me grief for weeks about this game and he kept saying oh he wouldn't come to the game so we all a, a few of us went um and i remember after the game i cycled home like a demon absolute demon and as soon as i got home i was then got the old uh, got the home phone rang him uh, his dad answered so i uh, he passed the phone across and i just started shouting th- uh, was it three one i think we won or three two something like that in fairness to your friends, I would have felt confident about beating that Swindon team. Yeah, it was a good game. But yeah, I just remember cycling home like an absolute madman and shouting the result. We definitely beat him. Yeah, 2-1. And then Bobby Howe had them back in the best of health with the second. And uh, yeah, he, he hung up fairly quickly um and then i just kept ringing and uh, eventually his dad took the phone off the hook <laughs> what i love about this that would have been about what quarter to ten at night <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man dined off that for ages it was great fun his dad would have been fuming oh yes oh yeah <laughs> I, I, I steered clear of his house for a, a couple of weeks after that does friend still support blackburn rovers um i believe so uh, I haven't spoken to him for a, a good little while. Probably around September 1999. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just blacklisted. <laughs> well, and rightly so. Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft, and welcome, and I'm on Loath Strangers. But it's so hard for Norwegian. Love Strangers. Okay, so you're 11. We're going to do subs first, then the 11, then the manager. Um, I did give you one challenge from this 95 to 2000 era 11 uh, secondary school 11 if you will and that was I challenged you to find 11 players whose career was pretty much uh, encapsulated by that era so I wasn't allowing you to pick the legends of the era people that had already played hundreds of games for the club like Fraser Digby and Paul Bowden and Sean Taylor. That's easy. Everyone knows that they're absolute legends. So I asked you to try and keep it as tight to 95 to 2000 as possible. On the whole, with a couple of worthy and acceptable exceptions, you have done just that. So well done, because it wasn't easy. Some of them really did need um, to be the the legends, but you've stuck with yeah. it. Um, we, we had some terrible players. <laughs> It was, I mean, if if your squad in caps in places, your squad screams the McMahon era. Yes, which is exactly what ninety five <laughs> to two thousand pretty much is. Obviously, Jimmy yeah. Quinn um, nearer to the end of the decade, but this is a very Steve McMahon heavy squad, and we're just about to go down that road now. But first, we'll go with the substitutes. Um, we won't go into a huge amount of detail, but there's some lovely names in there and a couple of debuts in the My Eleven series. Someone who's not making his debut, but bless him, he's always on the bench, is Steve Mildenhall. He kind of needs to be there, unless you want Jimmy Glass, I suppose. Well, yeah, but yeah, and short of uh, uh, heroics at Carlisle um, later on, a couple of years later, it doesn't really really launch his winning career, does it? Um, But yeah, uh, old Steve, bless him, with his uh, man of the match 
just impossible not to reference it, isn't it? Yeah, just ev- every time, just with his uh, bless him. <laughs> He's got that anecdote down to a T, though. Oh yeah. He's an absolute sweetie when it comes to you know entertaining the uh, the Portsmouth game, um, but hey, it's what put you on the yeah. map, mate. So you got to yeah, deal exactly. with it. it. It made it made a name for himself rather painfully. The disrespect <laughs> Alan Brazil gives him on TV that night <laughs> is horrific. I urge anyone to watch the highlights. It really is unfair. Um, a rightful place in the squad for Steve Mildenhall. The next one. Flair player personified. It's Philippe Cuervo. Absolute teen legend for me. Yes. You, you've got the various hairstyles, which are, are always cool. Um, the highlight was the bleached during the uh, the, the, the rolling collar 97-98 season. And also French. So foreign and bleached hair what what more do you need really and a, a bit of flair the answer the answer is absolutely nothing james that is everything we need in a footballer pinnacle late 90s oh absolutely and if there was a manual um for what you want how how to keep your fans happy it would have just been a picture of philip cuervo however his his injury record wasn't red hot with us um but the the one cuervo anecdote i always say and i and probably repeating myself, you know, you're going to have to forgive me. I've done 300 episodes of these <laughs> this podcast, but Philip Cuervo over celebrating a goal at Westbury United in the Wiltshire Shield. Delightful. <laughs> You've got to put them in their place. <laughs> I'm, I, one thing I hate more than anything in football are underdogs. And that night Cuervo understood where I was coming from and gave it the big guns when he scored. In fairness, he'd been injured for a while and probably scoring any goal would have been nice. Sometimes you just need to curb stomp someone. And... you just got to. You've just yeah. got to. Um... <laughs> talking of which. <laughs> talking of which. <laughs> is if... if uh, Steve McMahon era... Um... There's, a, there's a running theme here. <laughs> there's, there's, this is, Certainly through this... the midfield. This guy missed out on a place in the eleven because there were just two others that did it better. And I'm reluctant to say fairer, but certainly (laughs) in a way that um, tricked referees on the whole to let the play continue. Um, Bought from Albion Rovers. I just love the fact that we had scouts looking at Albion Rovers at one stage. It's Lee Collins. Yeah. I mean, what what more do you want than a midfielder that just kicks people up and down the park other than more an entire midfield that kicks people up and down the park. Yeah, he, he was just the, the fresh-faced little one that they brought on when the other two got in a bit more trouble. Yeah, you know, what more do we want? A French person with bleach blonde hair or and, and a, a skinhead Scotsman <laughs> um, <laughs> who... Um, you know, went on to do all right. He won, he won the title with Swindon and went on to win stuff with McMahon at Blackpool, didn't he? And, you know, he had a full career. He didn't play much, probably suspended most of the time, but a, just absolute beast of a player. Just 
we, we all know someone like that, and yeah, he he made an entire career out of it. <laughs> he absolutely did. The next the next chap is a debut name for the pod. Rarely gets a mention in Swindon history. He had huge promise when uh when we signed him from Everton. Then he had to he had to leave. Um, it's Robin Holbert. Uh, yeah, I I had absolutely no idea of the the history that went on with the the deal to sign him and why he disappeared because he seemed to be motoring along quite well. Um, again, like as, as you say, was a massive talent, um, and th- and then just disappeared off the map. And yeah, it was money. It was money. Now there will be people that you know won't be familiar with the Robin Holbert story. So do you care to uh, to explain? Um, yeah, when we signed him, uh, I believe the deal was for every thirty games. I think it was um, we would pay Everton twenty five thousand pounds, and he played twenty nine. <laughs> and then didn't play again. A genuine prospect. And as James quite rightly points out, it got to a point where he got to his 29th league game. And that was that because we couldn't afford to pay him. And guess who comes in with their wad of cash to stick the boot in when we're down? Of course, it's Bristol City who had done it just a couple of years before with Sean Taylor. They've got no shame, have they? Absolutely none. Well, the next person on the well, your final substitute is an outrageous one. Oh, you're going to get hassle from me. You're going to get hassle, hopefully, from the listeners. And I, I do say, hopefully, what on earth is Wayne Allison doing on your bench? Ninety-five to two thousand era. Explain yourself. Absolute legend. That cannot be. That cannot be taken away from him. Absolute legend. However, I mean. You look at the strikers we had. You had you had Peter Thorne was in this at some point and disappeared. Chrissy Hay at some point kind of just you had a rotate and I really struggled and I I figured enough people are going to pick Wayne Allison at some point and I really don't think certainly one of the striker choices is going to appear many in many other lists. So I thought much like Robin Holbert. And uh, yeah, we we we'd give someone else a bit of a run out. Absolute legend, and it's literally a like a a wafer thin choice between the two. I'm absolutely sick to death of people coming on this podcast and changing my mind on things. That was <laughs> that, that is the only way you could have got around this by saying, well, of course he's going to be in everyone else's eleven, so I'm going to give him a rest in mine. That's Nothing wrong with that. Yes, there's a a very specific reason one of the strikers is in that got ahead of him, and it's certainly not his footballing ability, shall we say? But we, we we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So that's your bench. So to confirm, sitting there ready to come on if needed: Steve Mildenhall, Philippe Cuervo, Lee Collins, Robin Holbert, and Wayne Allison. Right. Let's get to the eleven itself. So I mean, when you when you're told. You can't have Fraser Digby. Yeah. And unless you're particularly mean, there can only really be one choice really for this. And some people would shout Shay Given at me. Um, and that would have been acceptable. That would have been fine. But no, you've gone pure. Um, the man who was sent to us because we weren't allowed Shay Given back, 114 appearances between, well, he, he is the, personification of our secondary school career because he made his debut in september 95 and left at the end of uh, well may 2000 it's it's frank talia exactly um yeah the the personification of that kind of mid to late 
90s blue and yellow and black goalkeeper kit, mm. which everybody seemed to have. It was glorious. Absolutely loved those. And yeah, you, you see those, you see those, and there's only really Frank Tarly you see playing in that. Yeah, the Mitsuno kit, the puzzle, as I think it used yes. to be called. And it was it was the first kit, I think, that the kids bought. You know, the, 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 the goalkeeper shirts were always available, but they were never popular in my memory. The team, the junior team I played for had the Mitsuno kit and I was over the moon. It almost made me want to be a goalkeeper so I could wear it. <laughs> um, but it wasn't the case. Now, Frank Talia, he was all right, um, but he was known. I remember the game against West Brom where he kind of just punched or dropped the ball into the net. 3-2 loss in midweek. Um, I think he was injured doing that, but but he was prone to those moments. Yes, he loved a clanger. He loved the clanger, but cool overseas player. And my, I, I'm, you know, I might like Clem Morfuni more if he just referred to himself as Clemente Morfuni. <laughs> I do, I do wonder if Frank Talia went by his real name of Francesco Talia. Yes, exactly. He it's, would be a legend. I mean, you're, you're approaching kind of Danny Invincible, Danny Invincible levels of name-based love. Yep, absolutely. And it's, it's a, that's a hill I'm willing to die on. Yeah. To the point yep. where I'm trying to get hold of Danny Invecible. <laughs> so we can settle the matter once and for all. Um, I'm still trying on that front. He's probably heard how you pronounce it and, yeah, he's staying away. He said, my job here is done. <laughs> this, guy is, this guy is flying the flag for the Invecible family <laughs> everywhere. Um, who are sick to death of being called invincible. <laughs> but that guy's for the 2000s, and I didn't go to sixth form. I went to college, so he can be gone into another person's <laughs> 11. But Frank Talia, <laughs> he was all right. I think his biggest crime is that he wasn't Fraser Digby or yes. as good as Fraser Digby. And if you've got somebody with the uh, career of a Fraser, then it would have been a very tough, <laughs> tough thing to try and try and equal yeah i think if you look at most of this my 11 it's it's very much a step down from what came before oh um, but bless him yeah, i mean you're right but i would <laughs> yeah. never say that i want some of these guys to Certainly be on not the podcast james exactly yeah. oh we, we love them all the same absolute legends to a man okay we, we we move on now to our right back 55 appearances for swindon between 1996 and 1998 oh such a good player. I was a really big fan of this guy. It's Frederick Darras. Yeah, likewise. Again, you've got the whole foreign player equals cool rule mm-hmm. of a of a late nineties school kid. Um, yeah, and just oh, again, I loved him. Absolutely no idea why. It was just one of those players that you you, you saw on the pitch and you're like, right, we're all right. Yeah, we're going to do well, and then we kind of didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say that was Darras's fault, but I mean, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> four or five years within Darras signing for Swindon, there would have been several European footballers within most EFL clubs. But at that time in '96, having just gone back up from what is now League One to the Championship, signing a Frenchman just seemed like the stamp of your back in the second tier you're back in business because these uh, overseas players want to play for you. Now, you know, to get a Frenchman into the Swindon squad is not, you know, it's not a difficult, it's not like, oh, you signed a Frenchman, have we? It's kind of like, <laughs> cool. It's like signing a Scotsman in the 50s, you know, it's like, okay, 
Right, next one is somebody who would have been under consideration for my 95 to 2011. And I emphasize that because he did join us in late 1994, but he really sort of became much more of a reliable figure in the in that season in the third tier 117 appearances for swindon and um, between 94 and 1998 zian culverhouse now a, a talk sport game yes um yeah he was just ever present through that kind of up until he left really he was he was there or thereabout um he was always always in the team i know my, what my reaction when ian culverhouse signed as a you know i'm a kid at this stage i'm something like 11 years old when he signs for for Swindon and obviously he played for a very good Norwich City side who you know really pushed for the Premier League in in 92 93 but he was also in Danny Baker's own goals <laughs> and Gas scoring an own goal so instantly instantly I'm I'm on board with that I don't care if they scored the own goal if you are in Danny Baker's own goals and Gas and Danny Baker's own goals and Gas too then I'm excited <laughs> in 1994. End of story. Yeah. Repeat performance. Thumbs up. Yep. And it's also probably it's probably good to have somebody in there who fell out with Steve McMahon. Yeah. Which, that, that gets you in. Next, centre-back then. 59 games, two goals. I think he scored on his debut, in fact. Played for Swindon between 97 and 99. We were excited for one reason and one reason only when he joined from Dorchester. It's Craig Taylor. Oh, the little brother. Just one of those players. I think every time he was on the pitch, you could feel the stadium just willing him on. Just kind of trying to raise him to that level of a saint OST himself. But never, never quite got there, bless him. But... Never got there. Never got there with us. Um, didn't even get close, in fairness, in comparison no. <laughs> to, to what, what Sean did. All he needed, really, was a gum shield, just just to kind of solidify that link. Shorts up to the armpits and a gum shield, oh, and yeah. then we could have... Yeah, okay. Craig Taylor just was a part of that really things aren't going well Swindon side. And I think this is why, you know, for me... Off pitch stuff was a went straight over my head because at this time in my life I am just absolutely buzzing to be at football, you know, and, and I'm oblivious to the issues. I'm not really listening to the radio to to follow coverage. I'm an out of towner. I pick up any news from my dad explaining what's happened in the last week on the way, and I, I would say like this era in Swindon is where Steve McMahon just dismantled so much <laughs> what was good about the squad and just went and replaced them with McMahon signings. And I'm not saying they were all rubbish, but they were just not to the standard of what we had been used to for about a decade. He left um, his mark on, on, on this club. I, th- I think that's safe to say. Very diplomatically put. Well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he joins Ian Culverhouse and... Frederick Daras in this back four, which includes one more player, and he's one of our own. 1997 to 2002, 130 appearances for Swindon. No goals, not many goals in this squad, full stop, to be fair. It's Sol Davis, Solomon Davis. Absolute little legend of a youth player. One of these, same as um, Robin Holbert, was only 
four, five, six years older than me at the time, and you, 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 you're just kind of willing the kids on, as it were. Yeah, and again, loved a tackle, loved a red card. Yeah, just and again, like again with 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 half the squad, uh, the old bleach came out at various points. Yeah, <laughs> Sol Davis. I think I think there's not much more that you can say about him other than he was petrifying and just so committed. And then his his exit was just so farcical. I remember it just so bizarre, well. wouldn't it? Yeah, the that always left a bit of a sour taste. Um, how he left. Um, obviously, there was all shenanigans going on in the background, but just sign this contract and we'll sell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much what it is, isn't it? It's just please sign this contract. No, I don't want to stay. I want. I want to go and further my career. Please sign this contract. No, I want to stay. <laughs> what was if we said sign this contract and we'll hundred percent sell you sell you immediately afterwards? Oh yeah, fair play. Yeah, okay, off you go. Loot in town. Happy days. Um, yeah, really just, well, that's the two thousands, but we got the best out of him in the nineties, didn't we? Yes, certainly. Uh, I I think that's where he fits in this criteria the best, really. We, we certainly had the glory years of his career there with Swindon at least. Now let's talk about the midfield. The midfield is chalk and cheese, chalk and cheese, 95 to 2000 in a four-man midfield, and we'll start with the most talented straight away, even though you've put him in his less favoured right <laughs> midfield position, just kind of as punishment to him, really. Um, he did play there, so it's okay. 126 appearances, 28 goals, just a ridiculously great footballer for Swindon between 96 and 99. It's Mark Walters. At the time, I had no idea of the history of, of of his career, um, I just thought, oh, wicked! This 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 guy's come along and he's great, and yeah, the things he could do was just insane. I, I kind of floated along the footballing. I, I I do now. I'm I'm not one of these kind of mega obsessive. I've, I've watched all the games week in week out throughout the spectrum. Like it's 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 so crazy that he left Liverpool and join Swindon I'm pretty sure in the same calendar year you know his uh, dare I say his downfall but we were <laughs> but, but we were we were second tier club so that's fine you know that that's more than understandable but he just wanted a challenge and got it didn't he <laughs> talking to <of> which <laughs> <laughs> he got it at Swindon did Mark Walters um well we talked about chalk and cheese your central midfield James is intimidating we'll start with the first one who signed in 1997 uh, made 69 appearances scoring two goals another one who scored on his debut before leaving in 1999 Darren Bullock to teenage James as Lee Collins on the subs bench will uh, kind of attest to i just enjoyed seeing people get kicked and, and darren bullock certainly enjoyed a, cha- a challenge um yeah again red cards and challenges the the bits that stick in your mind as a child uh do you, do you not still get super excited with like with like melees i love a good melee oh yeah well uh, we go and watch the ice hockey Every now and then, and yeah, that's that's thoroughly good fun. The older uh, dust up in the the ice hockey at the uh, link centre, um, yeah, and it's just kind of filtered on 
from this, I, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. A, a good melee is better than a goal sometimes. Yes. Darren Bullock didn't get involved in melees. <laughs> <laughs> he was already walking off the pitch. <laughs> Got, I think nowadays he probably would have been sent off a lot. He was booked a lot, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Do you know what? I think he only got sent off once for Swindon, and that was a second bookable offence, but he got booked a lot, and he was always cruising for a bruising, and that notion made it very difficult for us to be able to hold a midfield when when one of your centre midfielders is going crashing in, and once you lose that, you lose a bit of your intensity, don't you? But yes, I'm pretty sure the next player got sent off more than once yeah he must have he must have 133 appearances three goals for Swindon um, between 1996 and 2000 and this is a player I genuinely did love when he was at Swindon and I always kind of thought he might become a a Swindon town manager Um, he did go into coaching but never came down to England I don't think from his homeland of Scotland it's Donald Scott Leach Another legend. Again, tackles. Always in for a, yeah, just effort. If we sign a player from anyone who is pretty much, he's pretty much lost his job at his previous employer because (laughs) he had a scrap with his teammate to the point where that player had to go off injured, I'm in. He finishes what he starts. (laughs) <laughs> These are the damaged goods I can get behind. <laughs> but he was a really good player. Yeah. Yeah, when he actually played. Yeah, solid. Really, really good. Committed. No doubt messed around, um, especially <laughs> nearer to the latter stages. And I think he might have even played silly beggars um, to try and get out. But another player, a sea of yellows, but not many reds. Um, in his in his town career, only a couple. I mean, it did take a lot to get sent off in the nineties. I mean, you watch the, the 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 old videos on YouTube, and it's great. You see some of the challenges going in, and just instant reds. This now, obviously, but just insane. When we were kids, like when I used to go to games, the sort of my dad and and if I ever went with friends' dads to whatever football match. They would always talk about the 70s being the time where it was like, that was football, real football. And then obviously <laughs> they would say the 80s. And they, they they would call the 90s like this, sort of you get away with anything nowadays. But stats suggest otherwise, considering we've got Darren Bullock and Scott Leach in our centre midfield and there's only three red cards between them. I think that's that's definitive proof that it was... Much harder to get sent off um, back then, unless you're Sol Davis. Yeah. <laughs> well, he again, he's a lot smaller. Like you, you send off Darren Bullock, he's going to be angry at you. He's going to be in the car park, isn't he? Yeah, Sol Davis, you can kind of hold at arm's length. And as somebody who was raised by a Scotsman, I can confirm <laughs> that an angry Scotsman is is much scarier than an angry angry Englishman in my experience. <laughs> It's as close as Wolves have come, certainly in this half, possibly in the match, and they've given it away to Walters here. Can he finish it off? Allison, Leach, yes, 2-0 to Swindon. Scott Leach, his first goal for the club. <laughs> the next midfielder is probably one of the most frustrating footballers I ever saw for Swindon in the 90s because he was undoubtedly very, very good. 
but was also quite frustrating at times. And this is another one which I've allowed you to uh, bring in because he joined during our Premier League season. Um, but he didn't come into full sort of attention until the latter stages of 94, 95. And then he was really a proper first teamer after that. 994 to 999, 165 appearances, 11 goals. It's Ty Gooden. Yes. You've got the pace, Ty, as a young Mr. Andrew Bennett will say. Um, yeah, just one of those players you, you saw on the ball as a kid. And it's just exciting because um, you're not entirely sure what he's going to do. It might be brilliant. It might be awful. Um, again, comes in with the bleached hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That always helps. But Certainly yeah, just... missed the 11, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one of those players you love to watch. I remember Ty Gooden and Ify Nora going to Ginningham on the same day vividly and being mm-hmm. furious. Those late 90s were... Uh... A bad time, seeing lots of uh, lots of favourites disappear out the door. Indeed. I'd I, I say that. It wouldn't have been the day of, because we didn't have phones, so it would have been the yeah. next day coming back and checking CFAX and being absolutely seething from CFAX. There's, there's a... And then waiting for it to scroll round again. Oh, yeah. News in brief, page yeah. 312, unless you were feeling sort of... If you, if you didn't want to know about other stuff, you went straight to 390, which was the local <laughs> news, the local sports news. Straight up there, Gooden and Nora uh, leave for Ginningham, page 391. Rage. Awful times. It, may, it was meant to be providing, you know, quality journalism, but I spent most of the time during that era livid. Yeah. Just angry teenagers everywhere scrolling through the TV on CFAX. <laughs> I remember one CFAX story was um, Swindon appointing Jimmy Quinn. And I was on holiday somewhere in England. And it, the, the the reception wasn't that great. And, you know, it used to do that scrambled sort of the page would open, but you couldn't really read it. It was it just just nonsense. And it said Swindon appoint Quinn. And I thought, thinking of our past, I thought, oh, if we appointed Niall Quinn as player manager? <laughs> and I was like, that would be good. That, that would be good. That would be good. I have no idea if he'd be a good manager or not, but I thought to myself, <laughs> him up front? Yeah. And then it was Jimmy Quinn, which made a lot more sense. Um, yes. But, you know, it's amazing what you remember. Yeah, I was there for uh, young Jimmy Quinn's managerial home debut. And, uh, yeah... Yeah, we've still got two forwards. Again, there were two or three proper strike pairings um, during this 95-2000 period. And it would have been very easy to have just gone with a couple of those pairings, but you divided it and put two together. The first one you've described as so, so good. Um, I hope you give me a little bit more. He played for us between 97 and 99. Only 16 goals, which is crazy, and 74 appearances. It's ooh-ah, 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 George and Durr. Again, when I, I had to double-check that when I when I read about the was it 16 goals, because it seemed like so much, so many more. It's just all legs, wasn't he? And he, yeah, just absolutely loved watching him play. I was gutted absolutely gutted when he left yeah a great striker you always love a striker as a as a kid oh without a doubt without a doubt and i mean he was slow to start with 
Then he had that one great season where he was sparring with Ify, Ify Anura, and then yeah. he started slowly in his in his final quarter or half season, and it just skews his stats, you know, because he did so much more. So if you look at it now without knowing what he used to do and how quick he was and how petrified the opposition looked whenever he was on the ball and the sheer fact that we Swindon who couldn't get a fee for Messi if we if we had him in his prime we got we got we got a million for him which yeah. in Swindon terms is about 25 million really usually we would settle for like selling him for 150,000 a lone player maybe a friendly yeah normally half what we pay exactly team so we, seemed to be the running figure but exactly right yeah. and we we doubled what we paid for him but he was so so good for for the, he's he is definitely one of the forgotten great players from that period he was on player of the season you know um in yeah. in 1999 and I remember when he left, it was kind of that feeling like, well, that's us relegated now. I don't think yeah. it would have made any difference in that season. But but him and Ifeonora sort of kept us going at times um, in the year before. And that really was sort of now in coffin stuff. The warm embrace of relegation just firmly taking hold at that point, And you just kind of have to go with it. We felt that warm embrace many, many times. It, it's not often boring being a town fan. You've not lived until you've seen your club play in four divisions of football. <laughs> and I really don't want that to ever be a fifth, I might add. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really not keen on that. George and Dar takes his rightful place in this 11. Um, certainly in any any one squad, he would be... Uh, not a, not a definite inclusion, but he'd be on the he'd be in the conversation. As will the next one, whether he should be starting or not. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, because I like. I mean, he's been on the podcast and he was a delight. And the, the fact about this guy is, is he's so so proud of what he did and what he how he contributed to Swindon Town. And you know, it, it's still it's still very much the case today. Twenty two goals. In 90 appearances between 1995 and 1998, the overwhelming majority of those goals came very, very early on in his Swindon career between before, you know, a combination of going into the second tier and injuries and really sort of took its toll on Steve Finney. But he had a wonderland, did you? I didn't. Exactly. He he's here because of that song. Um <laughs> very much because of that song. Um yeah, just I started going really that 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 kind of in the uh, the ninety five ninety six era when when he was sticking him in the net really, um, and yeah that song and that song alone is the reason why he's on uh, here really um, again one of those kind of cult hero kind of figures I miss that song to this day but yeah just great strike uh, the, the his his episode was a good listen as well why don't I've I've been to because. I lived in the northeast. I went to a lot of Newcastle games. I went to a lot of Sunderland games, and I haven't been to these games. One thing I noticed that, especially other teams in the top flight, they still sing lots of songs about their legends. They still sing, you know, like Manchester United still sing their back catalogue from the nineties. So why can't we? Why can't the town end every now and again just break into a Finney Wonderland? Wonderful tribute to the to the man. That and uh, the odd who Sean Taylor would get, wouldn't go amiss. 
Yeah, I don't know. He, he went on to do very well at Bristol City. So <laughs> I, I, I think there's a running theme in a certain manager here, isn't there? Yeah, just being pushed out of the door. <laughs> just off, off you go, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah. Or maybe not even a thank you very much, but there no, we go. Exactly. Oh, well. But Stephen, I mean, I think for me, and I, pro- I probably told him this, you know, I think, you know, my 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 dad, my biological dad is, is a lapsed Sweden <clears throat> Town fan. He was one of the many fans that stopped going during the McMahon era um, for various reasons. Um, and his last hurrah of taking me to games was in 1995. Um, and I went to a good few games for somebody who, you know, always says, I don't, I've, I've missed a lot of Swindon Town games over the years, more than uh, you can imagine. You know, I'm not a prolific attender of Swindon Town games, but there was a period where, you know, I went to, I don't know what order it is, but I went to Bradford City at home, Blackburn Rovers at home, Crew Alexandra at home. And it felt like that was the only time when I was a kid that I felt like a semi-regular and every time I went to those games, it felt like Finney and Allison were scoring. And yeah. they just seemed like absolute world beaters. And I think for those, you know, for 1995 of the 95-96 season, they probably were. I mean, we gave the <laughs> champions of England a run for for your best mates money at the time you know it's it was it was a it was really really exciting and then you had Kevin Horlock coming into you know prominence too and every now and again Peter Fawn would say remember me <laughs> and score but they just couldn't get this guy out of the out of the lineup and I don't think his I don't think Steve Finney was signed to be the number nine or number 10 I think he was signed to be on the bench and come on and 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 make a difference but because of injuries he started scored and it just was just brilliant for him he stuck yeah it was a a good old time we 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 yeah got a rich vein of form out of him at the right time i think yeah we we just seemed that like we were taking the mick for the first 3 months of that season we were scoring <laughs> multiple ga- goals a game and then we kind of simmered down and you know we got the title in the end but it was a bit trickier once the second round of fixtures were beginning to come round i think you know we you know cubs were getting a bit more wise to the McMahon um philosophy but you know we, it was a great season we had a cup run we gave you know Premier League teams a run for their money. We won the title. We had Sean Taylor. We had Kevin Horlock. We had Steve <laughs> Finney, who was a nobody and just came out of nowhere. It was it was brilliant. Just a uh, a good time to be a Swindon fan after a couple of years of uh, terror. <laughs> oh, oh man! And this is why I'd never let my guard down because <laughs> if you think times are good, don't look around the corner because. Often, often there is peril. So, were there any players that sort of missed out on this, on this, in this squad that you feel now that you say, why aren't they there? I would have liked to have snuck Kevin Horlock in there, but yeah. it, of course he, he was there for a good little while before before ninety five. So that would have been pushing my luck a little bit. I would have allowed it because again he became a superstar in ninety five, ninety six, yeah. whereas. You know, he was playing in multiple positions, but he did play in the Premier League season quite a lot. So, I, I, yeah, that would have been a bit tougher. But yeah, yeah, he, great player of the era. But yeah, there, there wasn't. We weren't really blessed with riches um, 
through the positions. Um, it's it's not like I'm going to be bringing uh, Jason Drysdale in as, as the left back. <laughs> to replace Paul Bowden. And this is what it's all about with the Steve McMahon era, isn't it? It's just, you know, get rid of the people that that the, the fans absolutely adored to build your own squad. But, you know, it's like you're looking down at Wayne's basement, only that's not Wayne's basement. <laughs> For a Wayne's World reference that nobody's... Yeah, I enjoyed you know, that. Really I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and then you've got the likes of kind of Bobby Howe. I always love Bobby Howe. Um, yeah, Mark Robinson maybe, but I, I just wanted to get that OST shine, reflected glory for uh, Craig Taylor in there on the list. But yeah, there were a few that were close. Yeah, the, the, I mean, I think maybe Ify Nora would have been a good sort yes. of good good player to have in there. He was certainly one of the the rotating strikers. They they all changed positions multiple times. <laughs> I did allowed Mark Robinson because we then we could have had the, the great debate whether he was our worst signing ever or not, which I staunchly <laughs> say is not true because although his price tag was incredibly large for Swindon, he did give us quite some service. And I mean, yeah, he he put in a shift. Yeah, he, he really did stick around. Whether he should have or not is not for me to say. <laughs> I, I would have, I would have sort of. People like Wayne O'Sullivan, you know, had that a lovely little period of ninety five, ninety six, where where it was just and yeah. was pretty decent, and then again sort of disappeared. Steve Coe. I like Steve Coe. Oh, I loved Steve Coe. Yeah, I was oh. a big fan of Steve Coe. I mean, again, another player where if you look at their stats, you kind of you kind of don't acknowledge him, but he had he gave me some great moments watching him on the football pitch for Swindon. I remember one goal he scored against Bradford in a one nil win. You know, that's all it takes to get into my eleven. You know, if you give me a memory <laughs> of of, of a, a goal you score in a game, then that puts you up there. As far as I'm concerned, but yeah, I think, I think you know, I mean, it's all about forwards, isn't it? The '90s, Chris Hay, we had that incredible run. Oh man, I'm just trying to trying to think of anything to compete with your defense. But I mean, do we want Mark Seagraves in there? Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't see it. Okay, well, that's a, that's a lovely eleven. So to recap, that was. Frank Francesco Talia in goal, Frederick Darras at right back in the middle. You've got Ian Culverhouse, Craig Taylor, and at left back, you've got Sol Davis at right midfield. You've got Mark Walters in the center of midfield for a limited period of time before suspension kicks in. You've got Darren Bullock and Scott Leach, and then on the left, you've got Ty Gooden, and up front, George and Durr and Steve Finney. A, a very, very quintessential 90s 11 because that's what it was supposed to be now who is leading this squad there wasn't really that much of a choice uh, i mean there's there's three options as you say i mean you've got mcmahon i i don't think anyone's sadistic enough to choose mcmahon as their their manager for anything um so so, so he's out jimmy quinn it's not really his fault because there was a lot of stuff going on. But again, you can't choose 
Jimmy Quinn. Um, so yeah, that kind of leaves us with one option, which is the uh, the May two thousand entrance of uh, one Mister Colin Todd. One game in charge under yep. this criteria. You're going for Colin Todd, who managed Swindon just once. But it was a point at Sheffield United, which not an easy place to go when you're relegated. And just the, the scorer there, Giuliano Grazioli. Oh, what a name. And I absolutely loved him as a kid. So why isn't he in your 11? Well, because he didn't quite fit into that whole... He was a bit too much in the 2000s to be in the the 99... Before two thousand era, yeah, he he signs in our he signs in our year eleven ninety nine two thousand, and yeah. his biggest contribution in the nineties to Swindon was downing us for Stevenage, wasn't it? So, yes, I, I remember that game. Yeah. I hated him for it, and then he rolled up, and I thought, oh right, okay, and yeah, just yeah, never quite hit the heights. Bless him. So but. Colin Todd. Um, for Colin one Todd. game oh. in charge, um, <laughs> <laughs> takes his place in this 1995 to <laughs> 2000, which is the ultimate dig at, at Stephen Munn. I would defend Jimmy Quinn, I think. Um, I was young and naive, perhaps, but he was on a hiding to nothing. I'm just, I'm just looking at our last ever Championship eleven. Steve Mildenhall, Mark Robinson, Gareth Hall, Alan Reeves, Adam Willis, Sol Davis, Bobby Howe, Lee Collins, James Williams, Gianna Grazioli and Steve Coe with Charlie Griffin, Fraser McHugh and goalkeeper Alan Flanagan coming on for his one and only game for Swindon. Uh, where did it all go wrong? Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, love them all. Love them all. Oh, that was really, really fun. I enjoyed that. And... I feel like now we—I don't know if we have a definitive ninety-five to two thousand, but we've got a good case. Do you feel good? I, f- I feel dirty in parts, but yeah, we—I we, th- I think we've covered a good portion of the nineties, which was tackles and hair. Tackles, hair, and if you're an overseas player, then oh, get yeah. in the squad now. And even—and if you're English, have an overseas name <laughs> <laughs> just to make amends for it. James, thank you very much. Lovely, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. O'Sullivan Finney a target in the penalty area he's found the young Finney it's 2-0 two goals in a minute you can only begin to think the thoughts that are going through the head of Harper and Flowers Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.